Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Young Family Small Business Podcast. And in this episode, I talk to Brendan Gibson of Inspired protective IT solutions. Uh, So I've known Brendan for um, actually about three or four years now um, through a group called EO or Entrepreneurs Organization. And just a bit of background on Brendan, um, for over 20 years, he's been working in the technology space um, and he has worked with IT business owners also sort of in the industry he's in um, on gaining their efficiency. So he actually helps his own industry. And uh, he's got a comprehensive understanding of all things tech um, and a passion for ensuring your business's IT infrastructure is running to the best of its ability uh, and finding the right solutions for your tech issues. Um, uh, in terms of uh, part of Ian Spidal Brendan's um, specialty, he also looks at cyber security and cyber risks. So we spent a lot of time talking about um, you know the potential risks around that for your business. You know we've seen a lot of that in the news lately with big organisations getting attacked. Uh, and data leaking out, which is a bit of a concern. So, um, you know, we talk about what the dark web is, different styles of attacks, um, you know, some some fixes you can do for them, um, such as, you know, multi-factor authentication. Um, but also, um, you know, we also spent some time talking about, like, actually, Brenda's journey growing his business, which he had some great value out of the book, Profit First, and also his relationship with his uh, wife, Louise, um, and uh, all of these are in the show notes, but so the five love languages was a transformational book for his relationship. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, and again, big thanks to Brendan for sharing his knowledge uh, around all those things, cybersecurity. Thank you. Hey, Brendan, so good to be interviewing you this morning. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, awesome. Hey, the first question we always start with is tell me about you and your family. Yeah, no worries. So I have a beautiful wife called Louise, and I have three children, Ella, Rhiannon, and Archer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my family. And we have a dog called Jupiter, who's a Sharpe, a Sharpe cross Daffy. Looks oh. like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no, so those really rolly ones. Uh, There's a bit less in that. Yeah, in the so cross. With, the sta- with the Staffy cross, it's, uh, it's actually more Staffy, Jupiter is. But uh, you can still see some wrinkles here and there. But um, yeah, yeah. Shall these other rolly dogs? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you like to do uh, together as a family? Uh, we like uh, we like going on like day trips, and uh, it's going to sound bad, but we love baked goods. So we like going down the Gold Coast and get go to the bakery, get some donuts and things. Uh, I don't want to do any shameless plugs on on any great places, but there's some great places down the Gold Coast. Um, mm. uh, we like camping as a family. Really simple. Just get get in the caravan at the beach and just yeah. doing that quality family time. Where's the favorite spot? 
Uh, it's secret. I'd probably have to kill you. No, uh, no, it's uh, it's near Coffs Harbour. It's a place called Red Rock. Yep. So okay. uh, it's one of, it's, it's one of those camping grounds that you have to kind of book a year in advance. Wow, because <laughs> it's pretty booked out. But yeah, it's just it's there's nothing there other than a, the beach, the campground, and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty basic, but it's amazing. No, very good. And hey, you you run multiple businesses. You've got three kids, and you've got a spouse as well. So. Have you got any tips for the listeners on, uh, I guess, building your relationship with Lawrence? Yeah. So we've been married, we've been married since 2004 mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I knew Louise when we were 12 years old. So it's a long history there, I think, but she didn't see anything in, in me until after we finished high school. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I got rejected <laughs> all the time, Ben, you know, everyone feels sorry for me. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I we found was really helpful. I remember this one day and um, and I, I don't think, I hope Louise don't, won't mind me telling this story, but we were on our way to a wedding up, up the sunny coast and uh, we'd had a challenging conversation prior to prior to us driving up and I just said, hey, can we, uh, there's this book I really want to read, uh, I've heard so much about and do you mind if I put it on? And uh, she said, I don't, I don't care. Uh, you know, so it was, it was that awkward moment. Anyway, so I put it on and uh, we get past the first chapter. She's just sitting there and, and I'm sitting there listening as we're driving, silence other than the, the audio book. And, um, and after the first chapter, I said, do you want me to turn it off? She goes, leave it on. <laughs> uh, and so it was a really, uh, that was, for us, it was, it's a book called um, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a New York Times bestseller. And it was really, really helpful for our marriage. And I think the tips I'd say is it's really important, especially with kids involved. We're all running young families and a lot of people run young families and businesses and they've got the juggling act. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really important is that that you as a couple, as a partnership are, are, are aligned and you understand each other. And so the book talks about speaking the way you feel loved. Mm-hmm. So the way Louise feels loved feels love is gifts and words of affirmation, for example, and mine might be the complete opposite. But if you don't know that and you don't identify that and, and you know, they have a quiz that you can fill out to help identify what your love language is, yep. um, it'd be like someone speaking Japanese and someone someone speaking Swahili and not being able to communicate. And I yeah. think a lot of relationships can be like that sometimes. Yeah, speaking that, but also understanding them to understand that. Like, that's just the assumption is, oh, you, you should speak Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think sometimes there's stereotypes of like, uh, you always, you know, girls like gifts and guys like this, but it, it can be very different depending on the relationship. And so there were some challenges that I had to overcome there. There's some challenges Louise had to overcome there. Mm. But I think that's helped us communicate in a more effective way and being strong as as a unit because a lot of the time in families kids can be become everything and then you don't actually have time for yourselves and you know what the kids grow up one day mm. you got to have a relation you know you want to be a partnership in a relationship so yeah that's kind of hopefully that's helpful to the, yeah. to the listeners but yeah. that was that's what we found in our experience yeah awesome there you go all right well, i've made the note for the show notes Alrighty. And so in terms of sort of switching gears now to the, the business side of things, would you be able to walk us through what your career looked like up until starting Answers IT? Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. So I finished high school 
while I was at high school, I did a certificate to an IT. It was a school-based traineeship that I got offered. And uh, straight out of high school, I landed a job sort of being a jack of all trades in a in an IT business. Mm. And uh, from there, uh, just, just kept trying different roles, got into IT management. Mm. Um, I can remember working for uh, Sealy, the mattress company. Yes. Um, I was in, uh, I was in probation. I'd end up like doing a whole big redesign of their, uh, redesign of their network. And anyway, basically that opportunity didn't work out. Um, mm. not the redesigning of the network, but just, it wasn't probably the right fit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember we had a brand, we had a, we, had a, we just had a mortgage, uh, Louise and I, um, uh, we had a baby on the way that was Ella. And I can remember just like, I can just remember very emotional. I was like, what mm. am I going to do? Yeah. So I, I remember praying and just going, go, oh, what's going on? What am, what am I going to do? Got a mortgage and all this and I don't have a job. And I remember getting a call from a business that I'd been helping out like after hours and that sort of thing for their personal home stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, they're an accounting firm and they mm-hmm. said, could you come in? We can't fix this issue. And I'd never seen this software before that they were using. And I fixed it in about, I don't know, half an hour or less. And, and then they called me into their office and they said, hey, do you want to, have you ever thought about starting your own business? And I said, oh, I do love helping people. And I do, you know, I've obviously helped you out with your home stuff. And so, yeah, I have thought about it. And he goes, well, what happens if I gave you four days a week work? Well, yeah. And then, and then one day you build your business. So you, you, you do that. And um, yeah, so Lou and I uh, thought about it. We prayed about it. We did a pros and cons sheet. So we're mm. like, what are the pros of this? What are the cons of this? And <laughs> and um and that's how Answers IT started. Hmm. Wow. There you go. So right right as you just bought a house and about to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> and how long ago was that now? That was uh, 2007. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. There you go. And I guess from a, so you started, it was just yourself. And I guess fast forward now, there's been a, a bit of growth and, and a few things happened with the business as well. Uh, did you kind of want to walk us through, um, I guess, how you sort of build the business from a customer base? Yeah. So I guess um, most of it's been word of mouth and mm-hmm. referrals and, hey, we're really happy how you did things here. Can you help my friend out? That kind of thing. I did a lot of networking as well, networking groups. So I was part of a BNI and that helped me connect with people in different industries that I never normally would cross paths with. Yeah. yeah. So I, I built built business there and that, that was really, really good for the time I was in that. And I was in that for five years. So yeah, it was uh, mainly word of mouth. Mm. And um, I have tried the cold calling, appointment setting thing. And that did, that ruffled a few feathers in a couple of situations, but it actually returned quite well as, as well. Okay. But it was really about being specific on who we work with. That was important yeah. there. Um, we also did a couple of acquisitions. I acquired, I think within the first seven months of Answers IT, uh, a friend of mine ended up leaving his IT business and said, hey, do you want to buy these clients? And so I bought a list of clients off him that he had mm-hmm. and for, for a small fee. And, and uh, yeah, so, and I've still got um, a lot of those clients today. So that's, yeah. that's great. And then later on, after that, another friend of mine, he was looking to get out of his business. He'd been offered a full-time role for a large enterprise. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I worked out a, uh, a strategy of basically paying him for any deals that I sold 
uh, and, and paying him percentages, a percentage of services rendered. And that worked quite well for him. It was a win-win for both of us. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. There you go. And I don't know if that was too much detail or not. No, no, that was good. Um, in fact, that's um, that's kind of cool to hear the acquisition um, part of growth. Something sort of I'm, I'm potentially going to look at, but also I feel, you know, you, both of those instances, you said they were friends, but um, if they're sort of unknown or third parties, um, that can kind of come with its own risks or cons. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, very good. Alrighty. And, and so how about more recently? What's happened with uh, Answers IT since then? <laughs> Yeah, well, Lance's IT is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, and Ben, you've heard this story so many times, but uh, so you might need to mute me or something no. after your ears. But in 2019, uh, I can still remember being over in uh, San Diego. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I remember speaking to my accountant at the time and, and saying, like, you're saying, like, your business hasn't done very well this year. You've done a $2 million revenue, mm-hmm. you've had a 30% net loss. Um, ben, I couldn't even read a balance sheet. Yeah, yep. I didn't even know how to read a balance sheet in 2019 properly. I knew a couple of things, but mm. um, I was quite, quite uh, inexperienced in that. And so I was just like, some of the emotions that I felt was, stuff this, I should just go work for someone. Mm-hmm. It's just too much work. And and the truth of the matter is, I'd actually been taking more out of the business than it was making, like over the years. And mm. And yeah, and so a friend of mine said, you should read this book. And so I read this book called Profit First. And he, what I found out later, he hadn't even read the book. Actually, I still don't <laughs> think to this day he's read the book, but he's copied all the principles out of it. Yeah. Uh, so it was just quite hilarious. And yeah, but I read this book. And I was like, this is me. This is exactly what I'm going through. Like, it, you know, the, the author had basically been through a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. And um, it just talked about basically putting your, when your money comes in, putting them into different buckets. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I implemented that in my business. Within 60 days, I was cash flow positive. Within six months, I had repaid about 150K of negative net equity. Yeah, wow. So that came with having challenging conversations with customers and saying, look, this is our new pricing. This is what we're going to offer you. This is the value we're going to add. So communicating that it, it involved getting rid of some team members, which wasn't was just really hard when you work with these people for such a long time. Yeah, yeah. At, and um, and but it made it successful to then run the business and operate. Uh, and one of my one of my mates uh, who ran an MSP Central Coast Sydney, he, I was in Sydney and I said, "Have you heard of this book?" And he goes, "Yeah, I've already read it." And I said, well, "Why haven't you done anything about it?" And I remember sitting in the hotel room, implementing it in his, we basically implemented it in his business, my yep. business, and we kept each other accountable for about 18 months. And we found that uh, in his business and my business, the opposite, the challenges that I was facing on a fortnightly basis mm. and the challenges he, there was a, there was a complemented each other. So Leon, his name's Leon and he kept saying, why don't we do this together and be better together? And mm. I kept saying, no, I don't want a business partner. And eventually I gave in and December 2020, mm-hmm. basically right at the COVID, in the middle of COVID, <laughs> um, uh, we decided to to merge. In February 1st, 2021, we merged and, and yep. we became Anspired. So he was called Inspired Techs mm. and I was called Answers IT. So we even merged <laughs> the two names together and became Anspired. Awesome. So, ah, very very good. And so sort of talk us through the type of clients that you work with and um, and sort of where they are. Um, yeah. And there's yeah, sure. 
type of things you do for them as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, there are a lot of IT companies out there. It is a crowded market, a bit like accountants, right? <laughs> uh, why do you choose a certain account over a different one? You know, it's so we wanted to be a bit of a differentiator uh, in that space. And so we labeled ourselves a protected services provider, not a managed services provider. And I guess the reason for that is people want to feel protected and that their business just works. They don't need to worry about it. It just works so they can get on with running their businesses. So our plans, we most of our clients are on a, on a fixed plan per month. And in that plan has a whole lot of different protection elements. Uh, one of them, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later, is the dark web scanning. So we, we do a 24-7 dark web scanning for our clients. We want to understand what's being sold on the dark web for our clients. And, mm-hmm. and a bit scary. We'll talk about that some sure later. So we do that, we make sure that there's a layered protection. So not just, hey, let's put antivirus on your computer and, and <laughs> you're sweet. It's, it's, a, it's like, okay, what's at the firewall level? What's at the endpoint level? Are you testing, are we you know, making sure our, um, like your staff members, for example, we, we would send fake eBay, PayPal, <laughs> UPS emails, and we want to find out who the, who the, the people that may need some uh, extra training. <laughs> to put it nicely. Yep. So you, you sort of attempt to scam them. Yeah. Um, you know, you won't actually scam them, but the whole point is just to identify who might be caught out by it if it was real. Yeah, and like have fake forms in there and we want to find out what information is being leaked down and we go, okay, hey, um, hey, you probably need to do this. We have an online course that they then follow and they can go through it. But our, I guess our specialty would be we've, we found a real niche with manufacturing and engineering firms as well as yep. like the, the, the clubs, clubs and pubs, like golf clubs and things. Mm. We find we can make a real difference there specifically. We've got a specialist team to, to work on those kind of clients and they are very high risk. You know, if, if, if the manufacturing goes down, they depend on that equipment day in, day out to whether it's sheet metal or whether it's food manufacturing. And we have clients all over the east coast of Australia. We've got clients overseas as well. So we've got clients in Papua New Guinea even. And we do everything remotely most of the time. So yeah, that, I hope that answers the question yeah. of what we do. And, and, and we do have a cybersecurity uh, focus as well in terms of, yeah, the dark web scanning. But um, we can also do a like a bit of an assessment. They're mm. called pen, pen tests, like a, a penetration test. <laughs> so it basically finds where the gaps are in your business, mm. IT wise, and, and yep. just figure figure out what's going on. Yeah, cool. And and I guess maybe we'll sort of segue into that. And I mean, we've seen, and I just it's almost like I see one a day in the news. Uh, but we have you know heaps of cyber attacks going on at the moment, um, and yeah. data leaking out from Optus to you know even some uh, private health insurers, uh, which is pretty scary. Um, mm. Uh, you know, maybe the small business stuff doesn't make the news as often, but uh, but I still think you know we, we could even be more vulnerable than those big organisations because they've got teams in place. I would hope <laughs> um, you, trying to protect their data. You'd hope so. I was speaking at a uh, a small business breakfast the other week, and and I was actually just talking about the value of making sure that even your own personal affairs are in order in terms of like even just Facebook, LinkedIn, and and even you know your bank, making sure you've got two-factor authentication set up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things, like for example, Ben, like the dark web search I was telling you about, I did a scan on on your business, uh-uh. and yeah, yep, and we found twenty-seven potential compromises there. Yeah. So geez. what we normally do with that is we go, okay, well, Ben, we found twenty-seven potential compromises, and mm. 
I might go, hey, Ben, does your password start with INSP, I? And you might go, yeah, I use that everywhere. And then we would say, probably want to change that because it's being sold on the dark web right now. Yeah. Um, yep. And then what information are they getting? Are they getting birth dates? Are they getting phone numbers? Are they getting it? And, and um, you know, I think in your scan, we found one birth date had been given out. Um, mm. You know, when Ox, do you know Oxfam? Have you heard of Oxfam? I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, so they got breached and um, date of birth got leaked. Yeah, wow. You know, Which Usernames, addresses, all that stuff. Yeah, which is, I guess, part of the piece of the puzzle with identity theft and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and I guess to answer your question, what is the dark web, right? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people <laughs> listening today are like, what is the dark web, you know? Yeah. We've heard about it with Optus. We've heard about it with Medibank and and, and there's going to be many more. And And so what the dark web is, it's a place where... It can be a marketplace for uh, for a lot of illegal activity yep. as well. Selling, buying, uh, there, there's a lot of that uh, on like there. Facebook marketplace for criminals. You could put it that way. <laughs> Except you can't access it through natural means. So you, the dark web needs a specific um, browser to get yep. into into the dark web. It, 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 you can't just open up Chrome or Edge uh, and, <laughs> and get into it. Or if you're a Mac user, Safari. <laughs> but yeah, so it... Uh, it's that, but you know, I was actually speaking to, uh, I was speaking to a lawyer um, recently, and they've actually used it to crack cases, like to actually oh. call out lies. Uh -huh. yeah. In fact, hey, well, you weren't on here then, and blah blah blah, and um, it actually helped help them close close that close that case. So it can be used for good as well, uh, but we definitely hear more about the bad, mm. and and so it's it, it's kind of scary. But the average hacker on there, or the average person who hangs out on the dark web, they could be making between $500,000 a month in uh, US dollars, by the way, by selling and buying stolen data. Yeah, well, no. geez, that's... Um, we're, in the wrong, that's we're in the wrong job, mate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Half a mil a month, that's a good payday. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, scary, the, the scary the statistics. And mm. and so what happened, exa for example, um, when I said about Oxfam or LinkedIn mm. or Optus, okay, so what happened is a hacker's gained access to one of these companies. Yeah. Okay. So let's say it was in the case of Optus, someone's gained access to Optus, they've mm. grabbed all the information and they're now selling that information to whoever wants to buy it mm. and they might sell it for a dollar to $2 US or a list of 100 en entries and then they have a lot of people then buying that data. Yep. And it's a it's a business. It's a huge business. Yeah, well. Um and then that is then yeah sold on the dark web, and that's how that happens. It's not that your business has been compromised, mm. but what you will find, and and for all the business owners listening today, the password that most people use on sites, mm. it, uh, uh, they use it a lot of places, and they may not have two-factor authentication like that second layer of um, yep. password prompting. So. I, I hope that's helpful to to the listeners today because I think make sure you've got two factor authentication on. Mm. Make you know, yeah, yeah. So that that's I guess one one really helpful way. Uh, and so you know that'll send a code to your mobile text message or an app to um, to log on after you put your password in in whatever app it is. Um, yeah. And then um, you know you, you mentioned sort of the the passwords. Let's say I mean. Um, Sometimes we use the same password for different things, and that's what they. I guess they're trying to work out is if they go and nick the Optus password, will that work for your your Gmail or your bank and that sort of thing? Um, so in in that case, um, would would you suggest like a password manager or to help with that sort of thing, where it creates a crazy fifteen character thing? 
Yeah. It's different for every app. Yeah. So I, I, I think a password manager is always a good, uh, a good plan. There are a number of them out there at the moment. You know, there's obviously the common ones like LastPass, 1Password. Some people even use KeyPass, which is like a, a, you have to download it. It installs on the computer and has a master key. Similar to LastPass, you have a master key and then it unlocks all the password that, that you're using. Yep. Um, but yeah, I do recommend that. The amount of times I speak to whether they're clients or prospects and they go, hey, what's your password for this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Let me check notes in Outlook or let me check notes in Gmail. Or, oh, no, no. Uh, and it's like, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, you do want to have somewhere secure that it is kept. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to remember the amount of different websites out there that you have to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you definitely want to have a password manager to, to maintain that. Yeah, awesome. Okay. And another question I've got is I often see that, um, you know, there's, there's organizations who consider email as potentially bridgeable. So, you know, just sort of emails that let's say I would send to you. How how true is that? And like, how often is that sort of thing intercepted? I'll tell you a story of of what happened um, probably four years ago. No, probably longer than that. Anyway, so we, a mate of mine was working for a company and they weren't sure about their current IT support. They, they were like, we're not sure we're getting the right level of service and, and that sort of, I won't mention anyone's names for protection purposes, <laughs> yeah. but we, um, uh, I remember having the CEO of that company on, he had, he had me on speakerphone, my friend, he was on site. I was back at my office and we, we were able to show him how weak their, it's called spoofing, email spoofing. Okay. Uh, yes. So I was able to go, dear Bob. Dear Bob, uh, could you please transfer $500,000 to Ben of Inspire right now? This is urgent. Here are the bank details. And he was on speakerphone. I said, just check your inbox. You'll you'll get an email from me in a minute. Um, And he got the email. And that was because there was not good security foundation set up on their email. It was was an oversight. Mm -hmm. um, And the IT company hadn't configured that. So... That is very possible. Email spoofing is absolutely possible. Yep. Uh, and is that where it comes from, let's say, you know, Ben1234 at gmail.com, but it looks like I might be an employee at that business? Is that no? Is, or is that, that different again? That's, that's different again. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> we haven't got enough time to go through all of it today, Ben. You're yeah. going to be here all day. <laughs> um, no. Well, so the other, the other one is that uh, what you're talking about is it says from Inspire, right? Yeah. And if you then double click on it, it says some yeah. fake email address. Yeah, yeah. So that that's just someone sending a mass mail out, trying to catch people, trying to get them to fill out a form with information. Yeah. They they gather information by doing that. Um, but I've I've even had that where um, where someone impersonated me to my my assistant. Yeah. Um, at, at the time, and they basically uh, Ben was sending them an email saying, "Oh, can you pay?" this into that account and it was really well done like the signature was the same the, yeah um and, and in fact it was an initial question hey you're around and then the person actually responded yeah yeah, yeah what yeah. do you need and how like, long how long ago was that oh this was maybe five or six or seven years like it was did you have two did you have two characters set up at the time no but it was the cloaked thing like it was uh if you click on the email it was like um a weird okay. email address yeah, yeah. What's scary about those situations, I I wouldn't know the specifics on that, but what is scary about those situations, sometimes the emails are actually being compromised already. So let's okay. say, for example, your assistant, they may have actually known 
their password. Mm. And what's happened is they've been watching the emails in the background for a while, which is why uh, they yep. grabbed the signature. And yep. then they were then passed it off to then pass them over to a third, uh, to another site to then gain access. So it is, it is scary. And that's why it's like an insurance policy, ha- insurance <laughs> policy, having a good IT company. Yep. It's about making sure that you've got the right protection in place. And I was talking to a prospect even this morning, a manufacturing company, and I was like, we've actually got to keep ourselves in check as well, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you know, the electricians who don't look after their own home or the, the, you know, <laughs> you've got to keep yourself in check as well. So we actually test ourselves. We want to make sure that mm-hmm. we're operating at a certain level because we're not perfect. No one's perfect, but we want to make sure the standard's high because yeah. it is it is such a battleground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once stuff's on the dark web, you can't, it's, it's not like I can get it off. It's not like we're going to say, hey, we're going to remove it for you. We can't do that. Yeah. Or we can go, okay, well, what are we going to do? What are the next steps to then protect you? And most people, like that's why the phishing testing, I think, is important for a lot of small businesses. Mm. There is a small business mentality, hey, we're small. If they want what we've got, let them have it. Yeah, that's great. But what happens if I've gone, like you get hacked right now, you can't log into cloud-based services, mm. you can't log into your email, your email has been encrypted because you've clicked on a link in Gmail or Outlook and you've gone, hey, I've clicked that. I've typed in my normal Gmail password that looks like a Gmail password. And guess yeah. what? Your whole email box has been authorized to be encrypted now. Yeah. How are you going to restore from that? What are you going to do to start your day, Ben? Like your whole business runs on email. Yep. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. It, it can really affect a business and cripple a business uh, without proper security in place. And backups. Make sure you got yeah. backups. Yeah, and uh, and what's your so so I think that um, let's say yeah, you you love it, but uh, Google or G Suite and um, and Microsoft three sixty five they might offer their own internal backup. But would you recommend a, a separate one as well that separate to those systems? Yeah, yeah. So I think there is a it's definitely a viewpoint that hey, it's in Microsoft, it's in Google, mm. they back it up. Why mm. why should we need to do that? <laughs> For businesses, what we recommend in our experience is having an additional layer. Yep. Um, and that is that is making sure that it backs up to a separate provider. Make sure it complies with you know your regulations of your of your industry. So you know it has to be kept in Australia. Okay. Well, here we we certainly make sure that's for our clients. We make sure that it's stored in Australia. It's a secondary location. If Microsoft or G or Google was to go down, we can restore your whole mailbox within, you know within an hour type thing awesome. um, and get so that it I, I do think in my experience it is good to have a, a secondary option mm. um, and the same with your backup like even small businesses they might have a server off-site they might not have any server mm. they might just be running on cloud services what if that goes down what if you can't get access what's your backup to that yeah have, it, have a backup on-site have a backup off-site yep so, yeah there you go i remember um years ago dad had like a and and NAS, I think they call it a NAS at home, and like that was the backup thing. And yeah, that's oh, cool how it's developed over the years. So we, so a friend of mine, it was a manufacturing company. They came to me and they said, "Hey, we've just been hacked." Yeah. They and let's just say, like a lot of employees, we've just been hacked, and our backup's been hacked as well. What do you do? What do you do? They had to start again. Oh my goodness! They had to start again. So it's I'm I'm not I'm not. Mm. Not joking, yeah. They had to start again. Mm. They had to create new systems. They had to cr- start from scratch and try and piece together paper scanning. All it was, it was a mess. Yeah, and that could and, cost literally hundreds of thousands to rebuild. Um, well, yeah, it's oh. it's it's been two years of trying to 
repair from it. And we weren't we weren't looking after them at the time, and then that's why we got brought in because they mm. weren't getting the the right help, and they didn't have the systems. Now they've got a secondary backup offsite thing, not just a NAS on site or or yeah. whatever. They've got a secondary location so that we can spin them up in 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 the matter of minutes to get them back up operational. Yeah. Um, so, I think it. I think that I. Uh, I just hope that that's coming across as check what you've got because yeah. you, you're not sure. Yeah, if the worst was to happen and people go, oh, I've got cybersecurity insurance. That's fantastic. Great. <laughs> Happy that you've got cyber, but that, that's just going to pay for someone like me, like our business, to cut and our time to do it. It may not pay the ransom. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people get, like, say you get a ransom attack, right, on your local yeah. PC um, or Mac. Macs do get viruses too, by the way, and they are worse <laughs> when when they hit, they hit hard. So uh, yeah. <laughs> let's say you get a let's say you get a ransom on there, right? Uh, a bit of ransom um, ransomware on there, bit of malware. It goes, hey, you need to pay here, and you need to you know pay this amount of thing, and it might be a hundred dollars now, and then it's five thousand dollars in another two hours if you don't pay it. I have to say that most of the time they will actually give you the the keys to the kingdom to get your data back. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but honestly, a lot of the time I've seen it. I've also seen the other way where you don't. Well, hey, you pay something and then it doubles again. It's a trick, Dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheeky. I've seen I've seen both of them, um, mm. and they know they've got you. They know they've mm. got you. But sometimes that's been the only way clients can, like, yeah, businesses can get their data back. Mm. So, but what but what a lot of people will do is they'll get, hey, I'll fix this, and they get their they get new virus software and it cleans the malware off the machine. Yep. But once you've cleaned the malware, you then lose all access to be able to decrypt it. Yeah, okay. Does that make sense? Sort of. <laughs> so so yeah. let's say the ransom has been injected onto a local machine, right? Yeah. So let's say the virus scanner didn't pick it up. And let's say you go and grab ABC virus scanner, malware protection, and you install it, and it finds it. Hey, we found it. Here's the mm. ransomware. Clean up. It cleans it. It removes the thing. All your data is still encrypted, though. It's encrypted yep. your whole C drive of, of all your core data or your network drives or whatever you've got. Your Google Drive, your OneDrive, all encrypted. Mm. And if you've cleaned that virus, if you don't have the decrypt, if, if the virus has been removed, the virus actually is the way to decrypt it. Mm. So you're kind of screwed <laughs> there as well, right? So yeah. Yeah, I'm right. sorry, it's a lot of information to take in. But um, yeah, one of the things that we are doing more regularly as well is is the cybersecurity user vulnerability assessments mm-hmm. so it's like okay we run a bit of a software for a week you sign an nda you know uh we actually get a company to come in and go over a week run this software and we find out we look at safe in your local machine and we go right you're using chrome we found that the passwords are stored in chrome hmm. we've now been able to log on to 25 websites with that same password that you use everywhere well wow. you're vulnerable we found that you've got open ports you've got not mm. you're not up to date with your patches and all that sort of thing, and it just gives you a bit of an assessment of where you're at. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you you do that. I mean, that's probably potentially one of the first tips you take with a client. Could you do that as a once-off for someone just to sort of do that assessment, and then if the person wants to take it from there, you can go further. Yeah. So there's different types of assessments. So, like if you typed in pen testing or penetration testing into Google, IT yeah. penetration testing, you'll see it. A basic one starts at about ten thousand dollars US. Yeah, wow, Jeez. up to about thirty thousand dollars US. So they're quite expensive, and most businesses don't want to pay it. Yep. Some businesses have to be regularly tested, mm-hmm. as like annually or quarterly, to actually maintain 
uh, ISO certification and that okay. sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, but we, we would uh, definitely something, uh, an ongoing compliance checking hmm. to make sure that, that um, any gaps, the things that you're not seeing in, in the business. Mm, yeah, very good. There you go. No, it's good to have this sort of awareness of, of what could go wrong. And I think, um, you know, this is something that people might not take seriously until something does happen. Um, um, but, you know, we're getting a lot of warning signs happening with the big businesses. They're getting attacked at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, I think I I had some data stolen with the Optus one. Cheers. Then. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, a bit of a controversial topic, maybe. But do you know what's yeah. funny about that? People are still using Optus. And yeah, you know the, can <laughs> no. So, so, so I think, I think businesses care about security when something happens, mm. but it's not front and center a lot of the time. They get to the point where, you know what, we'll get past this, and mm. we'll just, I want to make sure my business works. Let's get on with life. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, it is very easy with finances, with mm. IT, with your fitness, with all parts of life to take mm. your eye off the ball, lose sight mm. of these things. Uh, very good. There you go. And and I guess um, you know we talked about some of the potential effects on the business, which is sort of rebuilding staff or you know paying a ransom, which is sort of money that I've got to pay. What what other impacts can you see on businesses um, as a result of let's say something bad happening like that? Yeah, well, look look at you know if you look at a service based business, there's about so many available hours in a week. Yes. Um, and and you've got so many hours, you know. We all have the same playing field, guys. Like we're all on, you know, I think it's 100, what is it, 168 hours in a week. We all have it. Mm. We've got to sleep. We've got to eat. We've mm. got to make sure that we run a bit, you know, there's business, there's work, friends, family, all that stuff. I think if you have any interruption in a business, mm. you're taking away available time that you could be invoicing your clients or adding value, I should say, to clients, making sure that, you know, you're delivering the service that you've said you're going to do. Mm. And yeah. so when something like that happens, it's like, yeah. And the other thing is you've actually, there's actually law now that you need to, you know, it's a notifiable data breach. You need yeah. to alert your customers. You need to alert, alert the government. Mm. So there's all that stuffing around. And, and that's being, for reputation management as well. Yeah. Yeah. It could impact everything. Profitability, um, valuation. <laughs> the whole the whole lot. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, most people may not be aware of is that they're, the government actually have a cybersecurity framework. Yeah. So it's called the Essential Eight. Essential Eight. So the eight thing. It's basically shows a framework of what is important. Okay, in your business, make sure you've got two factor. Make sure you do regular testing. Make sure Office scripts aren't allowed to run. That yeah. could inject something in the background. Uh, make sure you've got good endpoint protection. There's there's level one, level two, level three. There's a whole lot of different stages. Mm. The problem is when you go up those stages, it gets quite intrusive on what you can and can't do in your business yeah so it's about finding the right one for your business so yeah there's a lot of i think my challenge out there to to the listeners is checking with your it company Mm. that you if you're currently using one making sure that how are we aligning with the essential eight is a good question to to probably ask yep and and i guess one of the warning signs would be if that if that one that you're using doesn't have that awareness over cyber security because imagine there's there's ones who like like accountants we specialize in different things um there'll be it providers who who cover that stuff but some that might not be doing that yet and yeah so that might be a bit of a flag yeah absolutely the other thing i was going to say is um that it, yeah in terms of it being intrusive is uh you'll find that a lot of businesses 
most people have full admin rights on their local machine. So mm. it's just open slather. If anyone does get on there, they just, they've got access to, to a lot. But some of those um, policies, they take it to another level where these are the approved applications mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Inspire. We won't let you run anything other than these. And if it does need to be, it needs to be a request. So it can be, it can be annoying yep. <laughs> to be blunt. Yeah. But the, even just the stage one maturity level of the Essential 8 is probably something good to aim for. Yeah, fantastic. There you go. And if people want to find more about um, Inspired, where would they go? Yeah, definitely. Our, our website, um, inspired.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use the contact us form. Um, more than happy to happy to have a have a chat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got a great team, great culture, and um, one of our team would be more than happy and, and to have a chat and go from there. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for spending the time, Brendan, and, and talking us through some of the risks and, um, and and I guess opportunities in the sense of protecting ourselves digitally and also sharing a bit about your journey. No, thanks for having me, Ben. It's been great. Awesome. All righty. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with today's guest, you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker, C-A, or one word, or at Inspire underscore accountants. Thanks again, and see you next time.